For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the debut LP from UK band Squid called Bright Green Field, and the first song we'll play is called GSK. As the sun sets on the Glaxo climb them on our list to see at south by southwest in 2019 and they played at the what's called the british music embassy showcase where the bbc puts together their slate of bands and it was being broadcast live on the bbc back home and so a lot of the bands were really excited to be there and have their friends and family be able to watch them live and so squid came on and i had not heard i I don't think i had heard any of their music except for maybe the one track that was on the south by list and they came on and you could tell they were so excited to be there and they really just put all of their energy into that performance and they were so good and so tight and you could tell they had been playing together live for a long time and the way that they just interlocked you know with their different their different instruments was just really something to see yeah, I think they've been a, a musically trained for a long time. I think they've been a band for like maybe six years. Typical story, meeting college over a shared love of music and then start making music and realizing it's really good. So this is their first album after a, an EP and some singles, which got a ton of buzz in the UK and are now start, starting to realize, oh, they're getting a ton of attention in the US from the usual suspects in indie music. And it's not surprising why there is such it's dark music but it is really yeah it's dark and energetic and so able to surprise me right off the bat where there's this kind of funky beat and all sorts of crazy synth sounds and then this really jazzy horn and all of these things right off the bat should not work together and they do and it's great for it's a great sort of hybrid sound for painting these sounds of alienation growing up in the UK and being in this modern 21st century world. Uh, GSK, I guess, is a building that they would see traveling between... The, the GlaxoSmithKline building. Yeah, and it's I've seen pictures of it, and yeah, it's really boring and ugly, and it's but it's very large, and you really see it on your way traveling between Bristol, where I guess they got started, and now London, where they're based. 
And so it's, yeah, that sense of alienation and this kind of modern capitalism and the kind of music that you make. It's not fun, but it's really good in energetics. Yeah, one of the things that draws me to music is that it conveys, it has the potential to convey an emotion and a mood in a way that other types of artistic expression just can't. And the way that this album conveys a feeling of anxiety but also excitement about a dystopian near future is really what kept me listening and i think is the most interesting thing about it yeah so and they do get pretty expansive because i think this track is relatively short i think comes in under four minutes there's a little bit of a kind of jazzy groove at the end but it's a relatively compact song albeit not one with traditional song structures of first chorus just kind of some stuff happens and then it ends so the next song they let themselves spread way the heck out and they were cocky enough to make it the first single it's called narrator This song starts as something relatively conventional. I know I talked about how that first track didn't really have a verse chorus. Here we have a verse chorus and then a second verse chorus. But very quickly, things start to go off the rails. We have a guest vocalist, Martha Sky Murphy, someone I was not familiar with prior to hearing this song. She's done a few, I guess, an EP and some singles, sort of like Squid, just getting started in her career. She has a very cool voice, and it's such a... You know, it really calls into sharp relief that Ollie Judge, who is both lead vocalist and the drummer in the band, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy when they perform live that he's able to do both. And his vocals are powerful, but, you know, not conventionally like, oh, what a great singer. Whereas she is clearly very talented and able to kind of create this very spooky vibe here. And the contrast between these voices elevates the song where it's so much about like, oh, some guys like I, I'm telling the story and she kind of is elbowing and like, no, I have my own perspective here. Yeah, there's so much, there's so many literary references on this record that are mostly, in fact, all of them, I think, are from books that I haven't read. It, often like dystopian 20th century novels and novellas. And this was 
he, he Ollie Judge came up with these lyrics after reading a book that had an unreliable narrator and thinking about unreliable narrators and how they're often men and so then having this female perspective in to balance it out was kind of interesting but you know you mentioned that this song kind of goes in a lot of directions and it was really it's really tough on all of these songs to pick a portion that we want to play because so often they start out somewhat conventional and then they go off into these drone synths or just progressive breakdowns and there's a lot of modern jazz elements and it's all meticulously constructed but it sounds very spontaneous but just hearing these snippets in this podcast you really can't get a feel for the album you really just have to sit down and listen to the whole thing yeah it's i this song again i i it's it's almost self-indulgent in that i mean this entire i'll play mine and refrain and ollie judge sings that first two minutes straight just shouting out i'll play mine i'll play mine as these crazy guitars swirl around him and then martha sky murphy basically just starts wailing for a full minute while these kind of cool almost shoegazy guitars swirl around her and then there's even about half a minute of her just catching her breath because the wailing obviously took it out of her it's a crazy song yeah this eight and a half minute beast and this is their single like this is again a very confident band it's yeah it's so ambitious especially as your debut record and it could have just gone terribly like this could have been a really terrible album but they the way that they knock it out of the park is impressive yeah and so coming from here we go into a a somewhat more upbeat but i think another kind of start as a pop song and turn into something very different it's called boy racers a song that starts off like a kind of talking head style groovy angular pop song and continues that way for about three minutes and then just switches over into this weird synth drone that is almost like ambient and incorporates a racket which is one of the band members parents instruments that he had on hand it's a medieval wooden instrument that's also called a sausage bassoon which i went into a rat hole of how that works super interesting um but it's it's just a lot of weirdness that starts out very familiar and then breaks down yeah it's this very as you said very poppy straightforward verse chorus verse chorus for three minutes so it's a reasonable length and it's really catchy I don't know what's up with the boy racers, but it's got such a great energy to it. And it's, I think a really, this kind of song and lyric is a good use of Ollie judges idiosyncratic singing style. I think it really works well here. 
but that's less than half the song. So it's, uh, yeah, th- this is a an episode for sure where people just go, go listen to the album because yeah, these the sometimes the second half of this song because I think with narrator the second half is at least made of pieces that were introduced in the first half. Here, the second half just has nothing to do with the first half, but it's cool, just very different. Yeah, this album is very discomforting. There are so many. Uh, shifts and it never lets you settle down and I think that's part of the feeling that they're trying to convey and it goes to show that even on a song that is kind of traditionally pop structured and has a nice little guitar hook it's you you're not allowed to get comfortable with it it's like okay and now we're gonna take this song in a complete left turn yeah it is nice to hear though I think this is the track that at least through its first half is the most sort of conventional guitar rock and it's a nice reminder that without all of the production tricks these guys are really solid musicians mm-hmm, like their mm-hmm. guitarists are really good ollie judge is also a really good drummer while singing like yeah i don't know how anyone can do that yeah it's amazing so yeah i think this track you know i think introduces a pattern maybe for the middle of the record as we come into it because i think coming out of boy racers the next track is similar length and similarly deceptively poppy and so it's called paddling and the changing shaping in size where you going don't want to go there but you can your hair and you test the muscle from someone else in the band. This is Louis Borlase, who is normally guitars and bass, and it's really nice to hear this different vocal style. And I think that contributes to this being one of the most poppy songs on the record. Also structurally, where there's kind of the least shenanigans at the end, where you know there's a very typical pop structure of having a minute-long buildup where instruments get layered in, but then mostly... Yeah, it's a pretty disciplined pop song and the most repetition where we have verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus three times. Oh, my gosh. And yet we even still get the kind of weirdness of the first chorus is this kind of spoken word with just a tiny bit of instrumentation. So I like that we play a little of that um, coming into the what that section and then you hear it build up where there's the instrumentals between the verse and the chorus that get the energy so high and it feels like it's so exciting, even as it's yet another song about alienation. I, they're interviewed and saying like, oh, this is all about like consumerism in modern society. I don't really hear it. But what I do hear is that con- the general contrast between dig holes like a mole 
is not exactly the most uh, inspiring message. Yeah, this is also one of the older songs that they were playing live at a lot of their sets and then started to rotate it out. Um, and, and all of this, most of this record was written during the pandemic, but this is one of the songs that predated it. I don't, I can't really tell the difference. I don't feel like, I feel like the tone is consistent, but they did sit down with it again and rework it in preparation for putting it on this record. Yeah, I think here right in the middle of the album and it has... Again, in some ways, the most conventionally kind of new wave post-punk kind of vibe to it. And yet it has still so much cool production, so much cool instrumentation to it. And it absolutely belongs on the record with some of the songs, even if it's maybe a little less weird than the rest of the tracks. So we'll go into, I think, another track that's maybe on the more conventional side, but still has some quirks. It's called Documentary Filmmaker. Cause it was warm in the summer Warm in the summer Warm in the summer Warm in the summer But snowy in February Snowy in February Snowy in February Snowy in February The sweat drip off my plastic sheets So the sweat Ollie Judge has talked about how his lyrics are not are very impressionistic and aren't meant to be taken literally. And I think and a lot of them are just a little bit absurd and funny. And th- I thought that was the perfect place to end that song with the, the repeated line that the eggs are cheaper the day after Easter. Yeah. So this is such a like crazy jazzy. And then it ends on kind of an ambient vibe. I don't know what I was thinking when I thought it was conventional. It's not remotely conventional, but it is very cool. And it is a chance for really the horn playing, which has been woven throughout to shine here. Uh, And that's from band member Lori Nankivel. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, As well as some guest musicians fleshing out the horn section for this track. Yeah, it really surprised me. You know, when you see a band live and that's your first exposure to their music, I feel like horns, any kind of brass instruments always draw my attention and I'm always focused on them. And so they were very prominent in that live experience for me. But on this record, they're so subtle and it's it just adds so much texture and interesting points. And when they can really the rest of the instruments pull back and the trumpet can shine, it's really exciting to hear. Yeah, I'm a sucker for mostly punk music that incorporates the jazzy horn sections. And it is... That's why you're such a big fan of ska. I, I went through a ska phase <laughs> in the 90s. Everyone Don't judge did. Yeah, Everyone exactly. did. Everyone did. Yeah, so this is a really crazy, cool, much slower kind of chance to catch our breath. And I think from here we go into uh, one of the more kind of energetic and almost scary tracks on the album. It's called Peel Street. Yeah. 
The way that that synth rhythm changes into what becomes the drums and the beginning of this tra- track just has such great percussion and rhythm and energy and that's one of the things that I really like about this album is it's a very dark dystopian vision but you can dance to it and it sounds it's almost like a it has an LCD sound system feel to me on this song it's just very kind of weird but danceable and and energetic yeah, and I think like that band where they're able to make these textures that sound so synthetic and then you see them perform like a video or a see them live and it's all just musicians making it happen. All of that opening crazy um, synth texture is all due to Arthur Ledbetter, their keyboardist, who is able to move his hands very, very fast on the keyboard to make these incredibly intricate textures that really sell this song and sell this sense of unease that's so appropriate for a track inspired by yet another dystopian novel with which I was unfamiliar called Ice by Anna Kevin and fun fact she died of a heroin overdose on Peel Street so it's it's really an upbeat message for the song uh, and apparently it's, po- it's a wealthy neighborhood in Kensington yeah and it's a yeah I guess a post-apocalyptic story about the ice just eating the world after nuclear wars so good times yeah and in fact the title of the album bright green field is taken from one of her short stories which is about a bright green field that just goes on forever and no matter where the protagonist goes it spreads out behind uh, around him and he can't escape it this album yeah it, it is i would i would describe it as uneasy listening it is, <laughs> you're, you're not going to feel like happy but it is so energetic and dense that i i'm okay with that (laughs) and that this just has so the guitar work the synth work the drum work everything is so tight here and we do get a little bit of a slowdown later in the song where we get it it kind of gets into a more kind of jazzy vibe but it's the intensity even when it slows down it never becomes anything other than intense and oppressive but slowing down is something that we do on the next track that we'll play which is called the which is the penultimate track and it's called global groove and if that sounds like a fun dance song you will be disappointed (laughs) well the tv guy gets fatter as the days pass by and those taxis do it as I watch from the sky global We're still tap, tap, tapping away to the global globe.
that section of the song, you really hear their history as a jazz band, which is what they started out doing, although they all say they were not a very good jazz band and then moved on to other things. Yeah, I'm not a jazz connoisseur. It sounds good to me as mostly a rock guy, but yeah, the I love that transition, though, where you hear the, the dirge of the global groove and then it explodes into that kind of off-kilter angular guitar, which then fades into the horn section that's more jazzy and all of these transitions between violently different sounds all feel so organic yeah this whole record has so many weird transitions in it and it's very challenging it's it you have to sit down with it and really go at least for me i had to overcome some initial hesitation of it was just too impenetrable It, it didn't have the catchy hooks that kind of keep me listening to a record but it's so interesting and I love the way that these this band and then some other bands like New oh I'm gonna get it wrong Black Country New Road yeah I think one of their members was in that horn section yeah so there are a bunch of these bands in London that are being put under the umbrella of like post-punk but they're doing really interesting things with traditional guitar rock which is great to see uh, just this level of creativity yeah, this band, you know, we didn't know what to expect from the first record. You know, my one thing that really struck me and I was, you know, if there's a disappointment, it's that I felt like their recorded music feels is so dark and kind of pessimistic, dystopian. And when we saw them perform live, there was such joy in mm-hmm. that performance. And I I wish there were a little more of that joy in this record and so all i can say is y'all take their vaccines because they're touring the u.s in november so like let's not have a comeback of the the covid that's so right we can and see we already we already have tickets to see them at the rickshaw stop yeah it's not sold out but yeah, yeah they're playing get i think nine or ten u.s dates in november so yeah. check them out and i was yeah just that you can tell the level of musicianship here is what you see on stage, but there's so much more like it's with a smile that I think, again, I wish it were here on the record a little more, but there's hints of it. And I think that'll be enough. It's a hell of a record. So the song we'll go out with is impossible to catch, to capture in one snippet. I think it's (laughs) what, nine minutes or so. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, So just get the record and listen to the whole thing. So the song we'll go out with is pamphlets. And again, we've been discussing the band Squid and their debut LP, A Bright Green Field. And we've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening.
why I don't go outside That's why I don't go outside BFF.FM Podcast Network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.